Gee, what a wreck. A 500 SL Mercedes. <laughs> you had to hit a $100,000 Mercedes? And you know he's going to sue. That's the problem with America today. There's jerks out there everywhere suing for nothing. He hit me, Dad. We're suing. <laughs> Peg, get the kids some neck braces. Let's rock. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Ash. Yes, guys, you are listening to the show that is uh, sponsored by Jim's Fish, Chips, and Insurance. My name is Al, and I'm a fine young boy. You know what they do to fine young boys in prison? Uh, who else is on the show? I'm Dan. Just call me Big D. No. Oh, but I like that name. I'm Jamie. Oh, Dan, just quit your whining. Put on the Bon Jovi wig and let's roll. Yeah, yo. Yeah, we are reviewing Sue Casa, His Casa, Season 5, Episode 3, Director Jerry Cohen, Writers Kevin Cran and Michael Moy. The title is obviously a play on the traditional piece of hospitality in Spanish, Mi Casa, Su Casa, My House is Your House. So, but this time... Mi Casa es Su Casa. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just saying My House, Your House. Wow, look at you being very professional today. That's good. <laughs> I figured you would have known that one, Alex. Uh, hey, listen. I I learned the language of love with these girls. <laughs> but yeah, it's Sue Casa. S-U-E. His Casa. So Sue Casa. Oh, is that what that means? So Sue. So yeah, it's a play on the. Sue. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I just got that. Wow. Normally it's S U in Spanish, which is your. Wow. Be here all night, guys. Yep. All night. All night. We're gonna do this. All night long. Our schedule is pretty crazy. Uh, it has not ceased to be. It just has been a disaster of sorts for season five so far. So uh, I never really wanted to spend too much time on anything because it was always like the last minute recording. We got to get this done. And it was like either really late night or whatever. So I didn't want to add anything on to those uh, first two shows of season five that didn't have to be there. But one thing we definitely should touch on is that in the original DVD release from Sony, they for some reason, could no longer get the rights to play the intro music from Frank Sinatra. The love oh, my God. That, Huge hit. Yeah, they, they weren't able to play that. They couldn't afford it anymore or something. It was, it was just cheaper to make a generic instrumental that sort of re- was reminiscent of that and then play yeah. that in the intro of the show on the dvd it's pretty terrible too it's so bad right so we're gonna play it right now and then we'll come back and no ah there's some people who really probably don't know about it oh okay believe it or not here we go (laughs) 
Oh, God. Yeah, talk about generic. I mean. That's the worst. Now, do several shows do that? Because I know right off the top of my head, Dawson's Creek did the same thing. Yeah. And that just ruined everything. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah, A lot of of shows do that. Or sometimes they'll change out the music. Um, throughout the, you know how sometimes they'll yeah, use we talked songs about that. in shows. And now two one zero. Yeah, exactly. And it just it changes the whole thing. And so when you're watching it on DVD or or whatever, you it kind of pulls you out because uh, it doesn't sound the way it rem- you remember it sounding. Even though you might not even be able to put your finger on what's different about it, right? It feels different, right? So with that. The opening we just heard, that explains – I wondered – I always wondered where that came from because bef- uh, before I got the Mill Creek box set, I would watch them online and they always had that opening. Oh. And I was like, wow, God, that's terrible. You know, And I assumed that's what it was. I assumed it was like a rights issue or right. you know, a, a money issue or something, but it was just awful. <laughs> oh, it's the worst but yeah. I figured it was where I was watching it. I figured they did it so it wouldn't get nailed. Right. You know. Oh, um, right. Right. But no, it turns out I guess they had just pulled it off the. Yeah, the DVD. Previous collection. And yeah, that's pretty bad. Like for me, there's no, like you can't, you can't do anything other than the theme song. Like it completely throws me off. No, I was going to say, I always forwarded it, and then I just try to imagine I just heard the theme song, but I watch it. <laughs> That's so sad, though. <laughs> no, Alex, you would have, like, edited it in if you, uh, <laughs> if you had time. But, um, no, like, with the Dawson's Creek thing, too, it's funny because, like, it added into the episode. Like, this one, it's like a standalone thing, but you could hear the little, the little uh, what's that song? Uh, Sarah McLaughlin, right? Or is that it? No, yeah. it's not Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, you, you mean, I don't want to wait? Yeah, Paul. I don't want to wait. Yeah. Paula. Paula Cole, right? Paula Cole, yeah. Yeah, you could, hear, you could hear the little drum beat coming in. And it went, exactly. And it went with the episode. But, like, yeah, it completely throws me off. But, like, and you talked about the DVD, um, the DVD set, Alex, and it's amazing how much it's gone down in price. Oh, God. Since the first uh, time dude, I came. was paying roughly 20 bucks for every season. Right. And now everybody gets to have this all for $24 for the entire 11 seasons. Like, I'm happy about that because I'm not making money anyway. So it's it's good that this is very accessible to people even who don't have a lot of money. So we're talking about Sue Casa, his Casa. Uh, season 5 episode, an original air date for Jay Miller is October 7th, 1990. Uh, I want to do a rundown of everyone's age again. I really haven't done that in a couple years. Oh, yeah, because they mentioned it. Yeah, I know. That's why I want to do it. So, Oh, you're so smart. Yeah, see? Look how instantly your brain went there. <laughs> see, see Amazing how you figure. You're just – you're so in the game. It's incredible. I'm on fire today, folks. So brief rundown real quick. Let's re, uh, re-familiarize ourselves with everyone's ages. So Al at this point is 44. Peg's 36. Kelly is 18. Mm-hmm. That's really the only age that matters. That's really it. So I should skip the rest, but I'll go ahead anyway. But is 16 for real. He was telling the truth. Marcy is 32. And Jefferson, who is not here yet, is 32. So they're the same age. I think people in that generation looked older. I saw pictures or videos like of my 11th birthday. And my uncle looked like he was 40. And he was 27 <laughs> years old. Well, you I swear know, to God. 
I've always said that if you if you watch old movies, people who were supposed to be teenagers and even young people, they always looked like they were in their 30s and 40s, you know, and they and part of that, I think, was just the way people carried themselves. Mm -hmm. But also, I, I think part of it has to do with the fact that we're older now. Right. So, like, we look at we look at people our age, and, yes, and they don't seem that old. Because I, right. I am constantly having to remind myself how old I am because I keep forgetting. Yeah, I'm as old as I am. I, that's one of the biggest things in my life. Like, I can't fully wrap my head around is when I do exactly that, Jamie. Yeah. When I like when I look at people's ages and I'm like, no, no way. And then I start thinking about my own age and I'm like, oh my god, like how am I 33? I act like I'm 12 still. Dude, I'm gonna be 39 on September 6th. Oh my god. Yeah, guys, wow. don't even talk about my age. But when I was, <laughs> for instance, um, okay, so I'm in, I'm in insurance, and I'm looking at, I'm constantly. Jim's fish and chips. Yeah, <laughs> I actually thought that was funny. I'm like, oh, that's funny. Um, but so I'm constantly looking at drivers and etc. So I'll look at people, and I'm like, God, and I, I'm like, oh, they're such a young driver, you know, and then. It'll be like they were born in like 1980. And I'm like, right. I'm like, yeah, they're young too. And then I'm like, oh wait, no, they're 37. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. a weird thing. <laughs> it's weird. It's very weird. But that's the ages they are. Uh, real quick too, in the beginning of the show, we just want to give a shout out to our patrons because uh, we all appreciate you guys. So the newest ones. Um, you know, we've been coming out a lot of good content lately that's exclusive to Patreon. So a lot of people have been jumping on. So let's give a shout out to Russell, Bullwinkle, Don, Horrorfan86, and Marvin. Thanks, guys. Did you say Bullwinkle? Yeah, Bullwinkle. Yep. Oh, okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for supporting the show. We hope you liked our exclusive content this summer before summer's over, guys. I know we've been saying it all summer, but uh, we will <laughs> no be more get- tang sandwiches for us. We will be getting to the uh, the uh, <laughs> "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead" review. We're gonna record yes! one more real episode after this, and then after that, that's what is on the agenda. So before September twenty first, you will hear that. I'm right on top of that, Rose. <laughs> So let's get to the episode. Um, oh, well, we'll we'll do a mention of Tim Conway. He's going through some health problems. So remind me to talk about that at the end of the episode. What's wrong with Daddy? No, he's just paying bills. <laughs> Nothing to concern us. <laughs> Just be happy he's not banging his head against the table. <laughs> well, I'm signing now, Lord. Please just smite me before I get to the Y and Bundy. Oh, give me that pen. Bundy. Yet oh, another thing you start that I finish. <laughs> Peg, now the sex jokes uh, start flying like they don't care anymore, man. Yeah, that's that's the first thing I thought when that first joke dropped, Alex. I was Me like, too. oh, wow, they're coming out. They're coming in hot. Yeah, another thing that you start that I finish. So Peg can do without an orgasm, apparently. <laughs> 
Oh my god. This is this leads up to my favorite joke of the episode. How about taking us to the movies? Well, perhaps you were fooled by the opulent luxury of our home. <laughs> See, believe it or not, we're broke. Now, I know I've said we're broke before, and you've all been very brave and spent anyway. <laughs> but it's really time to tighten our belts. Now, Peg, what can you do without? Apparently an orgasm. <laughs> Way to get one. <laughs> Way to get one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Now, there must be somebody around here that can think of some way to save money. Hey, Dad. I got my license. Can I have a new car? <laughs> Daddy's broke. You're going to have to ask Mommy to get one for you. <laughs> Mommy, can I have a new car? Sure you can. <laughs> oh, what the hell? New cars for everyone. Oh, my God. He is 16 years old, so he is playing his real age on the show, which is great because this was a time when that was kind of a a touchy subject, and the number one reason it was probably was 90210 because, like, there used to be articles where, like, Mark Paul Gosler, I remember reading the guy who played Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell. Zach Morris is trash. (laughs) He actually sort of made a comment saying – we were real kids playing our real ages. We didn't go to high school with receding hairlines. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously he's taken a jab at like uh, Luke Perry and Ian Zeering and stuff like that. So this is cool that these two kids are definitely playing the real ages 16 and 18. So that's perfect. Yep. It, it feels very authentic because it is. There's going to be no new cars and no new drivers. I already can't afford insurance. What with Kelly here and the U-turn queen. <laughs> It's not my fault that they always put the sails on the other side of the street. (laughs) Dad, all my friends are driving. Well, if all your friends were getting married, would you do that too? (laughs) Look, forget a car. There's no reason to take one when you can take a perfectly good bus. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'd look real cool picking up that special date in the old bus. You know what all the guys say. For a handful of girls, give the bus a whirl. It's just, it's so good. Like, it's so throwaway, but even the audience has a pretty nice reaction to it. He says, for a handful of girl, give the bus a whirl. <laughs> so stupid. stupid. No, it is. And, but the way the audience reacted, it made me wonder if I was missing something. <laughs> like, is that, is that something, a quote from something that I didn't recognize? Because their reaction was way more than I would have expected. Yeah, I don't know. I looked it up and I couldn't find anything about uh, if it was like a play on a different saying, but it's still great. And I, I guess I didn't realize it till the audience reacted so favorably either. So mm. uh, then I realized it is kind of funny. So Kelly drives the wrong way on the expressway and jumps <laughs> drawbridges to get away from cops. Now that is the <laughs> coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. yeah did you guys ever get away from cops i did like i was speeding one time or something and i looked in the rear view and he pulled out of his little spot there and then i just like hurried up and made rights and lefts and then rights and then lefts that i didn't have to and then i just i never saw him again (laughs) yeah uh back in the day 
when uh, when we were up to no good, you, you'd always do that move where you pull down a side street because you know they're coming, but you're far ahead of them enough to where they might not see you turn. So you do the move where you pull into somebody's driveways and kill your lights. I was going to say that. <laughs> I parked in a guy's driveway. Yeah. Risky move. Risky move, but so worth it when you see that cop go by. Do you want to hear the best part? When I did that, the guy comes out of his house and then I, I get out. I go, oh. Is this Franklin Street? <laughs> and he goes, no. I go, oh. This is where I parked my car. Right. And then I looked at his house and go, oh, I was looking for 13 Franklin. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. And then he goes, oh, yeah, man, no problem. I just left. <laughs> That's classic. Wow. Yeah, it's worked for me several times. Nice. <laughs> uh, Peg blows out a kiss and Al grabs it and then stomps on it. <laughs> Classic. Loved it. I think I did that one time, actually, because I do everything from the show. I think I did that one time to my wife. She loved it. I'm sure she did. <laughs> <laughs> so Bud and Kelly are sitting on the couch, and Kelly looks like she's in a daze, I suppose, which I don't know how she stops looking like that. But <laughs> Bud slaps her in the head and says, Why? <laughs> <laughs> and then she punches him in the stomach and says tapeworm was that really random to anyone else yes yes <laughs> there's jokes on this show where like i i get it but like it they just don't really there's no point like it's like okay we have a good joke we're squeezing it in somewhere exactly yeah it just that was that was one of them and also it was like why are they sitting so close to each other uh, we've seen this before, Jamie. Remember that? I mean, yeah, they always do that. But why? I mean, I obviously, I guess it's to be in frame. Right. But it just seems so weird. It does. I agree. It was before the days of widescreen. <laughs> but the thing is, like, there's so much room on the sides of them every time they do this close sitting thing right. that there's no point of it. Like, what do they think the camera looks like? I don't understand. It's a box. It's not a rectangle <laughs> going up and down. Right. Exactly. It's like someone's filming it on their phone without flipping it sideways. Yeah, exactly. That's what they <laughs> act like they're doing here. Right. It's like, Jerry, you're a legend. What are you doing? You know that you don't have to do this. Real quick, how do you get tapeworm? Just from eating, like, uh, rotten meat or something? You have to ingest the tapeworm egg. Typically, you're not going to – like, it's not going to be an issue in, like, ground meat because it will have been ground up. And it's really not a, not usually an issue in our food here because of inspections, etc. But in order to get it, you you have to ingest the egg, and it's a pretty it's it's not very small. Like it's kind of big. It's kind of hard to do. That reminds me that when I was in the seventh grade, we in science class, we were <laughs> my teacher made us. She had this tapeworm in a jar. It was like a, a thirty foot long tapeworm that she had in formalin, and she had two of us stand on either side of the classroom and stretch it out, Oof. just so oh. long it was. Ew. But we stretched a little too far, and it snapped. <gasps> in the middle of the and it came and flew back on me. <gasps> and oh. It was oh my so god! Oh oh oh! oh. And I felt so bad because she had this really long tapeworm and she would use this as, you know. And there were six more classes that day. And now it was broken. And I, I felt really bad because I think she'd had it. She was my mom's science teacher when my mom was in school. 
<laughs> and I think she'd probably had that tapeworm since my mom was in school. <laughs> oh my God, really? It doesn't dry out? No, I don't. I mean, it was in formalin. Like she had it in. Um, so oh, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. It flung back and snapped into your face. That's cool. It was gross. <laughs> Well, uh... sure it wasn't the first time. <laughs> Look, bud, how about this? Whenever you want to go someplace, I'll take you. Huh? It'll be fun. And that way the skirts will think I'm just one of your cool friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then you could even have a cool nickname like Jowl Boy. <laughs> Son, let this be a lesson to you. Never do tequila shooters within a country mile of a marriage chap. <laughs> That's Dad's car stereo. Since we've been cruising together, he let me fix it up a little. 1,500 watts and no volume control. With the right song, you can drop a bird at 100 yards. No volume control. I don't... Uh, okay, we won't test the logistics of that one. But, man, did it play for an amazing joke. So how was your day, sweetie? Oh, fine. Just me cruising around listening to the oldies channel at 1,500 watts. <laughs> Made a lot of new friends. Take uh, Officer Lewis, for example. <laughs> Unfortunately, I couldn't hear a siren at first, but luckily, police cars are now equipped with rammers that gently ease me into the rail. Luckily, the cop liked oldies, so he beat me with his nightstick to the tune of Hey Jude. <laughs> definitely a big one that was a song paul mccartney wrote for john lennon's son his name is actually julian but for some reason it was just better to have it like a one syllable thing for the song so it was hey jude and not to be too on point either so but that's that song is actually for john lennon's son remember i sent you that soulfly song remember that one alex the wicked heavy one with julian lennon on it oh yeah yes Then he wrote me up 18 tickets, including the one for bleeding on his pants. <laughs> I wonder what the fine for that is. All right. Uh, you guys ever get beaten by a police officer? No? Okay. No, not recently. Quit whining, Dad. Put on the Bon Jovi hair and let's roll. Now, in 1990, does Al look any cooler with that hair or no? No, not even close. Right. <laughs> It always, it always fascinated me that these guys were cool. I know Jamie's going to get a, kind of annoyed by me right now, but like all these guys with these like hair bands and stuff and metal, most of their hair really wasn't cool. And I, I don't know how they ever could have been seen that way. Like I love long hair. I'm growing my hair long now, but it's the bangs that bother me. <laughs> I don't know why I'd be annoyed with you. I can't stand it. Oh, yeah, thank God. I, I totally agree with. Both I love of you guys. the music. Right. Like, you know, I love. I've always loved metal, but I. When they, you like the long hair, right? But you just like it. What shoulder length and no bangs? Is that good? 
I never like bangs on guys. I don't understand bangs on guys. I have never gotten that. Why on earth would a guy have bangs? But you see it. You do see it. And it's weird to me. Mm. But honestly, I prefer really short hair. But really? Yeah. yeah. To me, when a guy tries to rock bangs, it's super creepy. <laughs> like it just screams serial killer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Does it not? It's super creepy. Like, what are you doing, bro? You should only have them to cover up the tattoo that says killer across your forehead. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that that's sad. I'm going to become less and less attractive to Jamie as the months go on. Uh, you're always hot. <laughs> oh, okay, I could die happy. Okay. <laughs> Come on, son, let's roll. No way! The car's mine tonight. Come on, Daddy. If not, I have to stand on a street corner and listen to guys yell insulting and degrading remarks and make kissing sounds. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. We didn't know it was you. You're looking at, at a picture, like, with somebody, and you're like, oh, that chick's hot. And the dudes were like, yeah, that's my wife. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, she's, she's beautiful. I, uh, so, yeah. What about rock and roll girl when Steve's like, look at the legs on that or something like that, right? And then it's like, ooh, sorry, Al, it's your daughter. Yep, yep. It's bound to happen eventually, yeah. It happens, <laughs> man. I feel like they could get away with this joke like once, maybe twice, but it would definitely be noticeable if they overdid it too. Get a little creepy. Yeah, so that means that Al secretly thinks Kelly is hot. <laughs> That's kind of weird. <laughs> and so does Bud. And they're not wrong. I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that's really up for debate. Right. You know, she just is. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Um, hey, listen, it's not us. It's their problem. <laughs> we could talk about weirdos. it. <laughs> um, now, what did you guys think of the plunger scene real quick when Bud went up to Al and plunged his ears? Hey, Daddy, can I use the car tonight? What? <laughs> what? Mom, Daddy's deaf again. No, I'll fix it. <laughs> Is that your way of telling me uh, we're out of Q-tips? Well, honey, if it's good enough for the toilet, they're good enough for you. Was that funny? I mean, that was kind of like over the well, top and comical, right? Peggy plunged his ears. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, um, I... Honestly, it looked like it would be painful. <laughs> well, Jamie, funny you say that. The reason I brought that up is um, so I had some fluid in my middle ear recently. <laughs> no, really. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever had that, but it completely blocks your ear. Like I couldn't I could hear maybe 20 percent out of my left ear. Like it was it was crazy, though, because in the beginning, it just felt like water in my ear, right? Like you bend over and you can feel the fluid move and stuff like that. OK, fine. But then after um, weeks and then I flew, too, which wasn't the greatest. I did get OK to fly by my doctor because it wasn't an ear infection. But um, it just made it like even worse to the point where there was like no fluid anymore. It was just completely clogged out. Do you want to know what they did for me to clear it up? They used a, a plunger of a toilet bowl in your head. Basically, no, check this out. You know how you clean out your pipes, like your irrigation systems, you, you blow it out. Oh, like you roller know? rooter? You get a, yeah, like you get a compressor and you blow up the pipes. That's exactly what they had me do. I take a little, little thing called uh, the 
Oviator or something like that. Ovulator? Uh, maybe, yeah. It sounds like a, uh, <laughs> a a feminine hygiene product. But so you blow it, you blow, it's a balloon attached to a little piece and you blow it up with your nose, first of all. And, and it used to make my other ear pop. And then you close your mouth, right? You take you take a sip of water, you close your mouth, you block your other nostril, and while you have the air still in the balloon, you put it back up to your nose. So it basically like puts the air, it creates this like suction, and it boom, it blows the uh, air right out of your ears. <laughs> like it, it's literally just like it compresses the air right out. That's what they did for me. I'm thinking for sure, like they're gonna give me like penicillin. They're gonna give me something to dry me out. No, they they stuck a balloon up my nose. Like wow. it was the craziest thing. Yeah, and that was like for a month. I couldn't hear. Like I legit could not. Hear. Oh, that's why you weren't laughing at my jokes. Yeah, yeah, that was it. <laughs> So, Dan, can you hear better now? Huh? Do you, Can you hear better now that they did that? Did you say something, Jimmy? Can you hear better now? I don't know what's going on right All now. All right, let's get to the next clip. <laughs> Hello, Jim's Fish, Chips, and Insurance? <laughs> Al Bundy here. Hi, Jim. Uh, listen, how much to put my son on my insurance? How old? Um... 16. Uh, he's 16. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> if you think I'm going to pay that much, you're as stupid as those cats you trap and call tuna. <laughs> you know, when you insult my wife, Jim, you don't hurt me. <laughs> what do you say, Al? Nothing I haven't said myself. <laughs> now look, Jim. If that's the best you can do for a lifetime friend and someone who never told the police what your catch of the day really is, then you can just take my insurance and stuff it. That's right, all of it. There, family. Al Bundy takes guff from no one. Cheap, 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 cheap. All right, I'm going to give you the keys. Look out, look out, get all the way, all the way, all the way. Me, me, Look out, hold it. Just remember, the one who drives, be very careful. Because, as you know, we don't have any cars. Give me those! Look out! No. <laughs> Fish, chips, and insurance. So it's primarily a place to go to eat. <laughs> they also sell you car insurance. You want to know something funny about that, Alex? I used to go. Everybody knew about this place. It was like the worst insurance company. It just reminded me of that. Like it legit is like in a little strip mall and it was just the worst insurance. Like you could tell like if you get paroled from prison, like you're you're like directed right to it. Yeah. It's basically just to make it so you're driving legally, but that's about, barely. You're not, yeah, you're not getting don't hit anything, right? Just all the things that you can do to like barely get by, like like you know, put down this and and yeah, we can't help you with anything. Yeah. Well, but it, that's when he uh, we find out he is sixteen, because um, back then nobody you know there was no IMDb to find out David Faustino's age, so mm-hmm. you just had to take it for what it was. But he was accurate. That's a thing, man, like paying way too much for a young person on your insurance because my parents would never do that for me. Uh, They never, ever for a day put me on their insurance, which Mm -hmm. really would have helped me a lot. And when I was 20, I bought that 
red convertible Mustang I talked about uh, in the episode uh, Have You Driven a Ford Lately? Right. So I had that Mustang. It was red convertible. It was a GT and all that good stuff. 35th anniversary. My insurance company, (laughs) my insurance, and this is not a joke. You probably won't believe what I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. But in the year 2000, in the year 2000, my insurance was $6,000 a year. What? <laughs> For my age, 20, only getting in one what? accident that was mm, sort of my fault. Somebody hit me from behind. Do you even think it's because of that, though, or do you think it's more because of your age? age wow and i was on the best insurance in jersey they probably just looked at you and they're like yeah yeah they looked at the hair and the face and they were like okay six thousand dollars i have clients who are paying ten thousand dollars i quoted someone out the other day for eighteen thousand dollars a year a year now why but see that's with but that's with they had four drivers four cars and three at-fault accidents. Oh, my God. Well, okay. It's, that makes sense. Basically, that is the universe trying to tell them not to drive. You know, right. is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> you should have said you could do that or here's a bus pass. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 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 I should sell bus passes, too. That was, you should. Under the table. Side gig. Right? You should, Jamie. Now, Jamie, I got a question for you, though. Now, if somebody... Um, previously gets caught with not being insured, yeah. will that will that be used against them when they try and finally get insured? Or Absolutely. No? And Absolutely. It's, <laughs> and it's not even, well, the thing is, it's not even about being caught. Right. If you have a lapse in insurance at all, <gasps> yeah. then it will, it will go against you. So the thing to do, even if you don't own a car, right. we recommend having non-owner's insurance. Uh, just oh so you don't just oh so you don't have a lapse in insurance because like, when you go back okay say for instance you get into an accident you total your car so you right. think oh well i'm gonna go ahead and cancel my insurance because i don't want to pay for insurance on a car i don't have then when you go to buy a new car you go to get insurance again well here's what happens oh, the no. uh because you have a lapse in insurance then your your rates are going to skyrocket oh my god wow. So now I don't know that this is true in every state because here's the thing. Insurance differs a lot from state to state. For instance, you pay about twice as much up here as you do down in Georgia for insurance. Michigan is notorious for having one of the highest insurance rates in the country. And um, like I seriously pay when I was in Georgia, I paid three hundred and twenty five dollars every six months for my insurance Mm-hmm. Full coverage. I mean, right. and it was. Um, I mean, you know, everything up here, exact same thing. I'm paying twice that, and it has nothing wow. to do with my driving record. There's nothing wrong with my driving record. It is that it's just that the insurance rates here are so incredibly high. Well, why don't you tell Al not to cancel his insurance then? I was over here screaming. I'm like, do not cancel your insurance. <laughs> it is such a bad idea to cancel your insurance. I really, I just, that upset me very much when he said that. I'm like, do not until you get, a, until you get coverage somewhere else. 
Check this out. Check this it's kind of like it's kind of like don't quit your job before you get another one. <laughs> it, it says, guys, I'm reading on Google most expensive states for car insurance. Number one, Michigan. And wow, <laughs> exactly, it is. It and we're notorious for it. It's yep. crazy. After that is Louisiana, Connecticut, Maine, Ohio, Idaho. But th- the thing is, too, I I don't know if you guys. Uh, know people like this, but I've never met more people in my life that a don't have licenses and they drive <laughs> every day, or they're not insured. <laughs> like legit, just rolling around like completely yeah. ignorant and just like I'm gonna ride this till the wheels fall off, you know? Well, and it's see, like I never get it. I run into people all the time up here that have no insurance or don't have licenses. And I'm like, how do you, how, how, but part of the reason they don't is because they're like, I can't afford it because insurance rates are so high up here. But the thing is, I've never known anyone get caught without insurance up here. So I don't know what they do to you in Georgia. They will steal your, like your firstborn child. If you don't have car and if you get pulled over without insurance in the state of Georgia, you can just kiss your butt goodbye. Like it is bad news down wow. there. Right. You have got to have insurance. You don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Up here, I guess it's not that that strict because I meet people all the time and I, and they're like, oh, they're like, you're in insurance? And I said, yeah. And they're like, I need insurance. And I'll say, who are you with now? And they're like, oh, Nobody. I don't have insurance. <laughs> I'm like, what do you they mean drive you don't around. have insurance? Be so mad. It's like you pay all this money to uh to keep your everything up to date, and then you you just got these people just moseying along. Like yeah, I've been <laughs> driving without insurance for years. Like oh my god, you're the worst. Amazing. Yeah, it's weird. Yep. Now Al's doing it, so he cancels <laughs> insurance altogether because of the conversation with Jim. His logic now is that the car isn't worth more than $100, so what's the point? So Al's only thinking of the end of it where if somebody hits us or if I hit a tree and total a car, why am I going to pay 500 bucks or 1000 whatever it was back then for a normal person, uh, a year when they'll only give me 100 for my car? You know what? But that's bull anyway. I can't imagine he even had comprehensive on his car. You know... Look at you, Jamie. You know that somebody like Al Bundy didn't have anything but liability right. on, especially right. on a car that that's all old, I had, that old and that <laughs> worthless. I guarantee you, he only had liability, so it didn't matter what his car was worth; it wasn't covered anyway. Right? There's no way he had more than liability at all. No, at all. Now I sound like Jerry picking this. <laughs> I was gonna say, is this is this episode losing points for that? <laughs> this is great though because. What are the chances Jamie got a job at a car ins- insurance place right before we did this episode? Like that, this is actually perfect. I love everything you're saying. Yep. <laughs> well, at least my pain is gone. Al. Whoops. <laughs> Honey, you know I may just be the wife of a moron, but isn't canceling our insurance and giving the car keys to two teenagers the work of well? The Dalai Lama of morons. Hey, we don't need insurance. Insurance is like marriage. You pay, pay. You never get anything back. Besides, besides the car isn't worth more than 100 bucks with both kids in it. Hey, I'm a real hero. For once, there's one man brave enough to stand up and say he doesn't need any stinking cars. Is it my car? Yeah. Are the kids hurt? No. 
then I'll have to do it myself. <laughs> and that seems to be a reoccurring thing, huh? And I'm loving it. I love Oh, yeah. So he's grabbed the baseball bat for Peg for Vegas. He grabbed the bat for when Kelly bought that crazy expensive car and drove through the garage wall mm-hmm. and ended up on the patio. And then, so just think, Kelly drove through that wall so hard that <laughs> she actually was able to walk out onto the patio. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he, he pulls out the bat later on in the episode, too, when he's leaving. It's got the bag on it. Oh, know? yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so then uh, the kids are not hurt, so he's going to make it happen. But when they walk in, I was a little disappointed. Not that I want him to beat them with a baseball bat, but I was <laughs> a little disappointed there were no... Um, Repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it is a show, so in that case, I would have been okay with it. Mm-hmm. Now, Jamie, let's just be realistic. Again, let's use your prowess for insurance at this point. Um, if Al did tell Jim to stuff it, and then six minutes later his kids had this accident, he would still be covered because his last payment, those are good till at least the next cycle. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that he's had time to cancel it. You know, yeah. Jim couldn't have like, what, what could Jim have done to prove Al made that phone call? Nothing. Right. Legally, he has to get like a letter from him saying like right. his signature saying he wants to cancel his insurance. So yeah, nothing would have happened that quickly. He should have still been covered. Right, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking. Al should still be covered, but okay. But I am, you know, dismissing for comedy's sake. But yeah, Al should be covered. Gee, what a wreck! A five hundred SL Mercedes. <laughs> you had to hit a hundred thousand dollar Mercedes. You know, it's amazing. Your Dodge with the high blue book value of seventy dollars <laughs> sliced right through that crowd car like toast. <laughs> It is times like these that I am proud to be an American. For his Dodge. That's the most worthless car I've ever heard in my life. So. <laughs> I was going to say, right? $70. I mean, it costs more to put gas in it. Right? Literally. <laughs> it, it might be around $65 to fill it with gas. <laughs> right? And you know he's going to sue. That's the problem with America today. There's jerks out there everywhere suing for nothing. He hit me, Dad. We're suing. <laughs> Get the kids some neck braces. Daddy, we weren't hurt. Why can't you be more like your brother? You don't hear him whining he's not hurt. Al, you know we can't win a lawsuit. Why, ever since Bundy versus the Girl Scouts of America, when you claim to have choked on a bone in a butter cookie, no judge has ever believed a Bundy. Like I ever had a chance. Peg, as God is my witness, that judge's breath smelled of free chocolate mints. Let's face it, Al. Our only chance is if we had a reliable witness. Oh, God. You want to hear something funny? This car phone was lying by my house, and a policeman came over and asked me which car I thought it came from, the Mercedes or the Dodge. (laughs) He thought it could be yours. (laughs) Oh, a shoe salesman with a car phone. What's that? A woman cross town needs a seven triple E? <laughs> On my way. Who <laughs> so would have thought seeing an accident like that would be so much fun? You saw it? Yeah, I saw the whole thing from the car while I was saying goodnight to my date. Oh, Al, a non Bundy is a witness. They'll believe her. But, Peg, do you think a judge will believe that she had a date? <laughs> 
So we got a Woe Bundy in this episode. That was cool. Yeah, we did. Yep, that was cool. Oh, kids, go to your sick beds. For tomorrow, we sue. Whoa, Bundy! They get to court, so we got a new set again. The court looks great. Now, we get to the judge. Do either of you guys recognize the judge of this courtroom? Yeah, it's Dr. Joyce Brothers. What? Now, she is... She was, sadly. She passed away in uh, 2013 on May 13th at age 85. But, yeah, she was really big. She was like... Uh, she's very much in in, in um, pop culture. She was uh, raised in Queens and Manhattan... She earned a bachelor's degree with a double major in home economics and psychology, followed by a Ph.D. in psychology from Columbia. In the late 40s and early 50s, she taught psychology at New York's Hunter College. And she basically was the doctor of the 80s and 90s. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you heard that name all the time. Everybody liked her. She was really cool. And she got into acting. She was in a ton of stuff. She had lots of credits. Um, she's known for Loaded Weapon 1. She's mostly like comedy is her thing. Like, you know, she knows that. It's just funny to have. And a lot of the times that she did anything of acting, it was always playing herself. Like, not all the time, but a lot of the time. Right. I just saw her on another show. Um, Matlock. Where she was at an airport... Murder she I want to say it might have been Mama's family. Ma- 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 Mama said. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember, but it's something I was watching. She was there, and I was just and I was thinking at the time. I was like, "Wow, she used to pop up all the time." Yeah. Back then, you know, and then so when I was watching this episode, I'm like, "And there she is again." <laughs> well, yeah. if she was on this show. Then I'm sure the other show that she was uh, on was Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't is that the prerequisite to coming on Married with Children? Hey, feel free to zip through. <laughs> no, I thought Freddy Freddy's Nightmares was the prerequisite. <laughs> that too. <Yeah. laughs> oh, by the way, a side note: I just met Freddy Krueger uh, last week. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, Robert England. I took a picture with him last weekend. Nice. Freddy Krueger himself. Uh, So, yeah, she was in a lot of comedies. Loaded Weapon 1, The King of Comedy, Spy Hard, Van Wilder, Party Liaison. And uh, her last acting gig was 2006. Wait, wait. Was she the old lady in Van Wilder uh, behind the desk? (gasps) I think she is. She is, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Let me look that up. Did a cool job here <laughs> i like how she was uh like not looking forward to looking at frivolous lawsuits and as soon as the bundies walk in she <laughs> pulls her cup over to the bailiff and asks for rum here's the best part of that we have a lot of bizarre coincidences this week literally monday a guy at work recommended a drink i must try and he said get captain morgan spiced rum and ginger ale and you do a half and half ice cup all that stuff yeah 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 oh okay yeah and he said it's like a creamsicle it's like cream soda i never bought rum in my entire life i never ordered rum in my entire life rumple still skin 
rum might have been in my drinks, like if I had a Long Island iced tea or whatever, and, and maybe there's rum in there or something like that. But I never deliberately just drank rum itself as the primary source of my buzz. Mm. For the first time this week, I drink, I buy and drink rum, and then that's what she asks for. So, yeah, she has that. The guy's a flask, the bailiff. Now, the bailiff, uh, his name is Riff Hutton. He has 150 acting credits, believe it or not. I recognized him more than I did Dr. Joy's brothers. Yeah. Wow, yeah. He was in Star Trek Generations, The 13th Floor, Midnight Special, and Oblivion. That's what he's known for. Mm-hmm. Riff Hutton. Yep. That's some name. <laughs> right? Like they're holding the baby in their arms. Oh, let's call him Riff. Yeah, I doubt his parents said that. <laughs> <laughs> they never once said that. <laughs> the case of Bundy versus Fitzwilly. Dr. Fitzwilly is suing the Bundys for a million dollars. Why do you guys think that the Fitzwillies are suing the Bundys when they hit Bud? That was my big question uh, at the time, <laughs> you know. Yeah, in the beginning, I was thinking the same thing. Right. Like, well, you hit Bud. And it doesn't make any sense because how could – they said that the, the Dodge sawed through the Mercedes. So that would imply that Bud's front of his car went through like the middle of their car somewhere <laughs> and sawed through it, right? So how could that be if they hit Bud? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. So – I was completely dumbfounded through this whole thing. And then you, we come to find out later what Bud was actually doing when this occurred. But okay, whatever. Like for now. The Bundys are countersuing for a jillion. <laughs> In cash, Your Honor. <laughs> Isn't that what... Uh, uh, the the dude from Austin Powers, Doctor Evil, is that what he sued for? If you want it back, you're going to have to pay me one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. One hundred billion dollars. Billion, gazillion, billion. You went from a million to a jillion. Huh. No, well, it, cha- it changed said, every movie. Yeah, yeah. First he said million, and then they were like, "Okay." Yeah, they laughed at him. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Yeah, sure." One million dollars, like <laughs> no. But by the third one, he just goes. <laughs> 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 he just adds on to it. Mr. Bundy, before we begin, could you tell me why your wife is wearing a neck brace when she wasn't involved in the accident? Uh, let me answer that, Your Honor. You see, it's sex whiplash. (laughs) But it is accident-related. You see, my husband got so excited over this jillion dollars that he uh, just lost control of himself last night in bed. (laughs) He kind of caught me off guard. (laughs) He moved. (laughs) Now, Jamie has... (laughs) (laughs) i've never gotten whiplash but i did hurt my back (laughs) on valentine's day a couple years ago there you go (laughs) now how specifically no i I... (laughs) yeah let's get really into how does this happen (laughs) i always pull hamstrings (laughs) guys 
I am going to give Peg a sex point unless uh, any of you in the court of law. Re- well, in that, I was, see, I don't know. Like, Al, look at Al looking so pleased over there. Like, mm-hmm. he was the one that got excited about it. Oh, wait, but she gets a point even if he. Right. Even if even he, if he does enjoy it, right? Yeah. Okay. Because that's her ultimate goal. Oh, so goal. then, so then, yeah, yeah, yeah. All oh. right, man. Peg gets her fa- first sex Woo. point of the year. All right, Peg. Because she certainly didn't get one on the freeway, and she, <laughs> she didn't get one while she wasn't even home, and Al was sick with Kelly. <laughs> Mr. Bundy, opening statement. Thank you, Your Honor. And may I add that it's nice to see a woman in a robe who's not wearing fuzzy slippers and a bag of Doritos in her lap. (laughs) And now, on to the lawsuit. While carrying canned goods to their local church group, (laughs) my beloved children, Bud and uh, the girl, (laughs) had their futures maliciously torn asunder by the merciless destruction of an Aryan supercar. This, Your Honor, is the nightmare of your unified Germany. Thanks to my witness, professional banker, and brother woman, we plan to prove that we deserve a jillion dollars in cash, and we humbly await your decision. So, Mrs. Rhodes, you say you witnessed the accident. Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. And where were you? In my driveway. I was saying goodnight to my date in his car. Mm -hmm. And could you describe how you saw the accident? Well, we picked our heads up and we... Picked your heads up? Where were your heads that you picked them up? Well, down. (laughs) Hey, I know what you're thinking. But let me set you straight. It was not our first date. And I would like the record to show that he bought me dinner first and he called me the next day. And he bought her dinner, which is uh, a polar opposite of the guy she was with at the yard sale. When I buy a guy dinner, I expect something for it. (laughs) The best line had to be when she looked at the judge and said, who are you to judge me? Judge me. I know, I love that line. Isn't there were so many good quotes in this episode. There were so many good lines. Uh, who are you to judge me? <laughs> you know what it's like out there in the dating world? Being smarter than the man but being unable to show it? Where is the harm? Where is the harm? So, Mrs. Rhodes, you didn't really see who was at fault, did you? No. But the Mercedes had to be. My ex-husband drove a Mercedes. You may step down, Mrs. Rhodes. He left me like the parsley on a plate at a truck stop diner. He loved that damn car more than he loved me. They have to stop making those cars, don't you see? They're evil. They tell the man, you don't need a wife. You're a coal guy. Look at that teenager over there. It's not the men, it's the cars. I'm warning you, America. Keep your husbands out of German cars. Marcy brings up Steve. Uh, Doesn't say his name. Yep. The parsley on the plate at a truck stop. Truck stop diner. It's better than being the hand wipe at the men's bus station, I guess. Oh, right, right. (laughs) So uh, uh, she's not as bad as what Kelly described.
Did anybody else think, though, that the courtroom setup was, like, a little too short? That they that they could have really expanded on that and, like, made not maybe a whole episode, but maybe, like, half of it uh, in, in the court? Well, considering the episode is titled Sukasa, right. you know, I, would, I was expecting more of it to actually involve a lawsuit. Yeah, they spent more time in the casa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I'm, I'm going to say this, though. I don't agree only in the sense like I – okay, what I'm saying is I would not want to sacrifice anything that transpired before the courtroom. No, right. that's true. That's I true. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I'm totally down with how they did it. You know, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But at the same time, I think short and sweet is the way to go. For this episode and for how everything transpires, it's perfect. All I kept thinking, though, is like, okay, well, they kind of not go out of their way, but much like the highway and and other scenes, um, they built this set specifically. Like, they're not Oh, so you always feel bad that if they build a whole set, then why are we only in there for, yeah. Like, I thought they would have um, dragged it out, dragged it out in court. But think about it. Isn't it always best to cram tons of great stuff into a short amount of time? Like, I, I totally agree. Yeah, like as a writer, you're like, right? okay, so write a courtroom scene. So everybody sits there and they write every funny thing that could happen in a courtroom. But you can only do it. It's only going to be eight minutes. And it has and it has no bearings on like how I view the episode. That's what I'm saying. It's nothing like that. It's just more of a... You thought it would happen, right? So, Miss Bundy, the accident cost you your sight. <laughs> so, Kelly's on the stand, and she's swaying her head side to side. If you're around at that time in pop culture, you know that uh, a blind person doing that is obviously a reference to Stevie Wonder. That's sort of what Stevie Wonder looked like while he was playing piano. Was it Stevie Wonder or Ray Charles? They both did it. I was oh, gonna they say. both do it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, I was going to bring up Ray Charles. It's so weird, isn't there, that there's two... And they, they both really do that swing, though. I, I always remember it with Stevie Wonder, but yeah, I, I guess, what else would Ray Charles do while he's sitting there? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I always associate it with Stevie Wonder. <laughs> you know why they call him Stevie Wonder, right? Because he always wonders where the hell he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. We don't make blind All our blind listeners, please donate to our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, I couldn't find the click button, oh, oddly enough. Oh you jerks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so weird that there were two prominent like musicians that were both blind and wore black sunglasses <laughs> at the same nope. time. Like, How come there's not another guy like that now? Yes, I am blind like the mighty oak. <laughs> Miss Mundy, how many fingers am I holding up? Well, you're not going to catch me with that one. I'm blind. <laughs> Jamie, how did you feel about the fact that Kelly was not fooled by that first question? Now, here's now here's the other thing, though. Real quick, before you answer that, when he said, "How many fingers am I holding up?" I you know, I don't memorize every word to these, although I love them and all that stuff. 
I thought she was going to answer the wrong number, but it's only because she's dumb and it would appear that she might be blind. But she actually knew not to even answer it because she can't see it at all. Right. Yeah, I was Im- I was impressed, and I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right, yeah, that's right. Were you really? Well, yeah, I mean, they didn't get her that time, but she's not that smart. She's not going to be able to sustain it for that long. You put Kelly up on the stand, you know it's going to happen. <laughs> like, that's the whole reason for her being up on the stand, <laughs> you know? All right. <clears throat> Would you please point out the man who hit your car and blinded you? Sure. It is that guy right there with the gray suit and the little band-aid on his head. Nice effort, Cal, but uh, I do appreciate it and commend you for that, but uh, I don't know how you were fooled by the second one. I just don't get that. Mr. Bundy, uh, please, uh, just call me Big B. No. <laughs> Mr. Bundy, I bet you're a good driver. 98 on the written test, babe. My boy's a winner pig, not like your girl. Brush your teeth, honey. Now you're a fine young man. Do you know what they do to fine young men in the big house? That's right, Big B. And that's where you're headed if you perjure yourself. So I ask you one time and one time only, how did this accident occur? Well, we were applying eyes these closes and my sister put her hands over my eyes and I couldn't see and I hit the gas and I heard a terrible crash. But the part about us being hurt was the idea of that man. With the threat of rape, Bud folds faster than Superman on laundry day. Perjury. You hear all these things, and this... did you did you write out that joke, Alex? I did, but here's the thing. <laughs> no, you don't understand. <laughs> that joke is from The Simpsons. Oh, okay. Somebody said he folded faster than Superman on Laundry Day, and I I listened to a Simpsons podcast. I remember they were debating whether or not that was the right joke to use because they <laughs> they should have said the Flash. And they're like, yeah, but I think more people know Superman, and he's pretty fast. He could do things fast, so that works. <laughs> so, I, so yeah. for me, it's funny that I, I like, I just felt I'll use the original joke that might not be the right one. Well, you, you know what though, they are. Uh, it, it is proven that the Flash is a little quicker, but they're about the same. They even raced in the end of Justice League. Spoiler. Really? Yeah, they had a foot race. Yep. Superman threatened to kick him off the team if he lost. (laughs) (laughs) He did. Wow. Well, there you go. See? Oh, yeah. The guy himself, the lawyer himself. Um, I'm a lawyer. Let's get to him. So that annoying creep lawyer (laughs) is Mark L. Taylor. (laughs) Somebody watches TMZ. I love that. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> and then you got the Tracy Morgan. I am a lawyer doing Star Jones. Remember that? <laughs> yes. Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> well, that lawyer has 160 acting credits, believe it or not. And I, I believe that. I feel like I've seen this guy more than I want to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> he was in Inner Space, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Arachnophobia, and Homeward Bound. That's what he's famous for. And Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. If you're right about all this, I am going to 
It's time for no man to take a little break in the Jiggly Room. I'm the DJ, and I'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Merry With Children. Majestic mountains to the valleys far below. He talked to his team of huskies as he mushed on through the snow. With the northern lights running wild in the land of the midnight sun. Yes, Sam McCord was a mighty man in the year of 1901. Where the river is winding, big nuggets they're finding. North to Alaska, we go north, the rush is on. Now, during the courtroom scene, guys, if you notice, the paper in the court reporter's machine never moves. And she's called a stenographer. I used to date one. Yeah, well, she also never even looks like she's doing any work. She just kind of sits there and looks blank-faced. Yeah, so either she's not doing anything, or this thing is turned off, or it's not functioning, and she's just like... Saying she's probably saying no one's gonna read this anyway, so I'll just make believe I'm doing something, so I get paid. Right? You said you said data stenographer. Yeah. I'll bet you you didn't win any arguments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She'll be like, actually, on June fourteenth, you said I dated her in the year ninety nine. Uh, it's too dark to talk about. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I'll just mention real quick. She bring up bad memories with a stenographer. She was an anorexic, so most of my conversations with her were trying to help her, which actually became annoying. And then she just left me. (laughs) (laughs) Did she make good money? I don't know. I never got a sample of it or anything. You know what you should (laughs) have done? You should have tried to give her the government cheese. The government cheese, man. The gum and cheese. Yeah. It's Peg's job to hang old glory while they stand in line. So, so uh, yeah. Bud totally blows the lid off the whole thing. Bud is the dumbest person I've ever seen in my entire life. He tells the courtroom that right. they were playing Izzy's Closies, just like Kelly's friends in the episode Married Without Children. Remember that one where the guy said, Human life means nothing to me. That's right. Yeah, I don't know if it was him or the other guy that were that was hanging out with Kelly and her friends, but uh, yeah, that one of those dudes were playing Izzy's Closies and destroyed the Rhodes mailbox. <laughs> so, so Izzy's Closies is a big thing here on Married with Children. I guess it's, <laughs> now. Did you guys? Am I the only one who forgot to play Izzy's Closies? Or I never even. <laughs> I, I never, I've never heard the term until this show. <laughs> they used to play it at Catholic school. Oh, oh, sorry. Hathor's with a chick. <laughs> so Izzy's closies is not something you played, Dan. You never had your friends close your eyes while you were driving. <laughs> I mean, I've had my eyes. Yeah, no, I got nothing. Sorry. Yeah, no. and like a long <laughs> ride back home. Yeah, I've closed my eyes, but. <laughs> So that means that Bud initially lied. Like, he earlier said, that car hit me. And it was so convincing. Yeah. That that's what threw me, because we were even, you know, wondering earlier on in the episode, like, why 
We were wondering why the Fitzwillies were even suing them. The Fitzwillies? <laughs> the greatest name ever. Oh, and Marcy was even going to testify for them. And she's not the, generally the type of person who would do that if it wasn't true. Right. And then you, it's almost like this whole episode is kind of, and it's one thing that Jamie doesn't like when she can go back and the things that were said earlier, like for reveals or whatever, don't match up with things that happen later. Yep. This is kind of that. I mean, like, first Bud says it so convincingly that guy hit him. So you, so now we all get a sense of hope. There's a ray of, of sunlight here. We're like, oh, wow. Okay, well, maybe this will turn out great for the Bundys. You know, that's what we always sort of want, even though it's great to see them downtrodden and stuff like that. But we love the Bundys, so yeah, mm-hmm. it would be awesome if uh, something good happened to them. So we all have that sense of hope going into the courtroom. There's no way they could lose. Right. Um, and then the other one is Marcy saying, oh, yeah, I saw it. And then later on, she says that we lifted our heads up and then blah, blah, blah. So it's like, well... Marcy really didn't see it, so why did she say she did? Bud said he. Bud said that guy hit him, so why did he lie when Bud really hit that guy? And I'm, I'm not saying it like as a comedy sitcom, it hurt anything, but I, I mean, we are not stupid, and and unfortunately, we are doing a you know chronological exploration of this entire show. Um, so we have to like pay attention on a different level. I mean, I guess it, it works if you're just having dinner with your family and it's 1990 and you have your TV trays out and stuff and you're watching and it's all great. But it's like now that we're examining it, it's kind of weird, right? That like, right. two things were lies that kind of misled us. To... Right. Again, it doesn't hurt. Like I'm not going to rate it any differently. I mean, I'm sure it would have felt better if like it all paid off and everything fit. Yeah. Right. But like, yeah, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to really rate it different. But uh, so Al loses the case. I mean, I can understand Bud lying initially to, you know, not get in trouble. But when you know that it's going to court, I it, you, you have to know what's going to come out. And to just keep up that lie is just weird. Uh, plus, it's like and they even said the Dodge saw through that Mercedes. That doesn't I don't know. It, it sort of doesn't add up. Come on, Al. You only owe $50,000. And you have a whole month to pay it off. Al loses the case, and he owes $50,000 that he has to pay in 30 days. I don't know. I've not, I'm, I have not been around enough lawsuits to know if there's a real... I, that sounds like an insanely unrealistic time limit. I bet you he would have three years to pay that off, but 30 mm-hmm. days, okay. Now show some gumption. You know what we say back home in Wanker County. Nothing spells loving like marrying your cousin. (laughs) Anybody here marry their cousin? No? Okay. (laughs) Not this time. (laughs) No. When times are tough, we pull together. So I'll tell you what. Bud and Kelly and I are going to go to the movies and leave you alone to think in peace. Come on, kids. Dad, I can't help but feel somehow responsible for this. Oh, son, come here. Let me choke you till you feel better. Well, you're not mad at me, are you, Daddy? No, pumpkin. 
How many fists am I holding up? <laughs> like, he's going to knock Kelly out for her. Now, it's funny because that's the question she got right where she said, right. I'm not going to answer that one. <laughs> so uh, it's funny that that's the one he brings up. <laughs> $50,000, 30 days. Well, you know what they say. When the going gets tough, the tough runs like a thief in the night. <laughs> Goodbye, Al Bundy. Hello to the mysterious stranger in a logging camp. I always wondered that. Like, when these, like, hobos or whatever have that thing on the stick, like, is there really enough stuff in there for to last you three days? <laughs> <laughs> no. What's in there? Some uh, Some tang. Something. <laughs> something has to be in there that's worthwhile. See you on the other side, boy. Well, the logging man needs a logging dog. Come on, boy. North to Alaska. Way north the rush is on. Go north to Alaska. Yeah, Dan, you're a dog, man. Would you take your dog with you if you were going to? Absolutely. It wouldn't even be an option. Yeah. And I, I kind of wish there were more moments between Buck and Al, you know? I think more happened. It's something that has um, not happened much yet. Yeah, it hasn't happened much yet. But at the same time, I do remember Buck being a pretty uh, prevalent uh, aspect of the show, even without him talking. Oh yeah. So as Al's, you know, heading out the door, he starts singing the opening theme to "North to Alaska," which is a 1960s comedy western starring John Wayne. Mm. You know, the Duke. So Al's obviously into Hondo and all that <laughs> stuff, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Al gets hit by a car. All we hear is the sound effects. <laughs> Great. Classic. <laughs> and from here on in, the episode is dead silent, and all you get is text. So I'm going to have to redo everything. <laughs> Okay, so here's the end. Uh, here's how we wrap up the episode. After Elle gets hit by the car, you get text which says, What happened, you ask? Well, folks, Peggy enjoyed the movie. Kelly met a new boyfriend. And Kelly's doing that whole shoulder thing where she's all excited. And she <laughs> looks all hot and uh, hot. <laughs> yep. Bud ate raisinets till he puked. And that's a cool thing because I have not eaten raisinets in years. And this past Friday the thirteenth, when I went, I met the guy who, who played Jason in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, and I watched that movie with him. In this, like, we had dinner with him, then we watched the movie with him in this like movie hall. You, you, you know, it's a, you paid a good amount to do this stuff. So they lined all the tables with a bunch of stuff, popcorn and like all these like movie theater candies. And there was a box of raisinets there. So when I left, I pocketed them and I, now they're sitting on my bar <laughs> and I still really? haven't, yeah. And I still haven't gotten to them yet. Cause I used to love raisinets, but not to the point where I bought them regularly on any level. Cause I know they'd make me sick after a while. So it's funny that Bud puked. <laughs> Wait, so so those raisinets are from your um, dinner with Steve Dash? Yeah, I still got them, yeah. Oh, can I have some when I come visit you? Yeah, I'll probably... I love raisinets. I'll check the expiration date. We'll get you over here. Oh, that doesn't matter. 
so Al Bundy is in a body cast. Uh, and it says, Al, on the other hand, was not so lucky. While swerving to miss Buck, the car launched him 40 feet in the air. <laughs> he came to rest in the food dish of a Doberman named Blackbeard. And they show the Doberman dog. Mm-hmm. The driver who hit Al paid off the driver Bud hit, so everyone was happy. Now, I thought it would end there, but they have two more. This would have been Al's nurse. And they show a hot blonde, of course, uh, <laughs> as a nurse. Then it says, but he didn't have medical insurance. <laughs> so that's the end of the episode. Al's a sad sack. Now, I ask you, if you had no medical insurance, how much would a full body cast cost, especially setting all those bones, the internal bleeding stoppage? I mean, Al must be out another $50,000. <laughs> must be, yeah. Yeah, insurance isn't the uh, the Bundy's thing, is it? Mm-mm. I guess the shoe store doesn't have, like, benefits. <laughs> it must well, not. Well, <laughs> because everyone always assumes nothing's going to happen. Right. Until something happens. Oh, it never will, Jamie. Oh, oh, yeah, right. Until something happens, right? And and I'll say this too: like, if if that did really go down in real life, the way it did in the courtroom, um, though they would definitely be held in contempt or something. There would be some consequences, uh, one way or another, for lying. Like, and I think that's an obvious thing to say, but like, it's just. Um, <laughs> the amount of lies that came out. Like, I wonder who would get in trouble more. Would it be Bud or would it be Al? Well, I mean, you know, I feel, I feel like Kelly gets a pass. Well, Bud's 16. He's, he's free and clear. That's true. That's true. Yep. So, yeah, I think I think it would come down on Al, huh? Al and Kelly. Yep. Yep. And Peg, I mean, she. I think she might have been telling the truth. Was she lying? And she wasn't on the stand. She didn't take an oath, right? That's true, too. Yeah. She just happened to walk in there with a neck brace. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is Mary Daniak, and you're listening to the Married with Children podcast. Justice for Bosco. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right, Jamie, how many fists are you holding up for this episode of Marry with Children? I think I'm going to be holding up four fists for this episode. All right. I really enjoyed it. I thought there were some funny stuff. Like one of my favorite jokes was the way to get one. I loved that. Um, I love the fact that she got six whiplash. That's great. Mm. (laughs) Um, And that look that was on Al's face the whole time she's talking about it was classic. Um, I love the, the whole 
insurance thing because insurance. And <laughs> I don't know. It just, uh, it was fun. It was fun. So, Dan, how many fists are you holding up for this episode of Married with Children? <laughs> Sukasa Mikasa. So, uh, right out of the gate, I thought um, the jokes the jokes were really good in this episode. And um, there were a couple couple somewhat misses, um, and we mentioned those. But um, I don't think it has any bearing on, on the episode as a whole. Um, I did think, like we said about the uh, courtroom thing, I thought it would have been utilized in just uh, a different way. I thought it was going to be used longer. But once again, like I, I'll go back to what I said earlier. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't affect um, how the episode played out or whatever. It, that's just that's just a random side thing that I thought I was like, oh, huh. Like they were hmm. they were in the house more than they were in the courtroom. But once, like we said, once they get to the courtroom, it's nothing but straight fire throughout the whole thing. There's really no filler. So um, I would agree with Jamie uh, with her rating. I would give this episode four fists. I agree with both you guys. I'm also holding up four fists out of five for this episode. While I'm watching this, I was like, man, this is super strong. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, you know, we do the old Netflix ratings. So uh, three has liked it, four has really liked it, and five has loved it. So, yeah, I really like this episode as well. So four out of five, yeah. Nice. I also want to say, too, real quick, that this is the first episode that I think the whole um, hot chick shtick, it was um, it was actually like shoehorned in to the end with that text with Al's nurse. Because usually there's like a, an actual role for him, but it just seemed like, oh, we don't have a hot chick in this episode. Let's throw her in the text p- portion of the episode. And it was just kind of like a throwaway. Like they totally didn't need to put her in, but they were like, they didn't, they didn't meet that hot chick quota. So they were like, yeah, we got to do this. Yeah, I looked and she wasn't listed. And I'm assuming it's because she didn't have any lines. <laughs> right. Nor was the court reporter. Right. Oh, right, right, right. Good point. We'd love to tell you if that girl was naked, but <laughs> yeah, guys, she was not listed anywhere at all. So there's, it's funny. I bet it's like in the scrolling credits, though, right? It has to be. But we always just watch the show, then go on IMDb and do it that way. But yeah, so check out the scrolling credits. See if there's like something that says nurse. I'm sure somebody listening knows. So put it put it in the comments thread of this uh, episode. Exactly. So see if she was naked. Let me know. <laughs> so guys, let's uh, touch really quick on Tim Conway. Um, his health is failing. He has dementia and he is almost entirely unresponsive. Aww. And to, here's the craziest thing, you guys... You know, you're probably tired of me doing the coincidence thing, but this is true. And it's it's so weird. So Tim Conway is obviously in my world more famous for playing Emphram Wanker, Peg's father, mm-hmm. in the later seasons. I happen to, you know, I haven't watched The Simpsons in a while. Let me go ahead and blast through a few episodes this Friday that just passed. I go ahead and do that. And the podcast I'm listening to, they're in season eight. So I go, well, what the hell? Let me just uh, watch a few season eight episodes so that by the time I hear their show, I'm, I'm pretty well-versed. <laughs> well, oddly enough, I watched an episode called The Simpsons Spinoff Showcase when it was – it's basically like 
an anthology. They take like the uh, background characters and they treat it as if they try to do spin-off shows with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like they do parodies of Miami Vice and stuff with two of the characters or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they do that. And Tim Conway is in that episode. Oh, wow. And he plays himself. I'm looking at his IMDb. Wow. He is literally in everything. He's in Speed 2 Cruise Control. Really? Yeah, he's been in everything. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. And, and obviously people know him as like the Carol Burnett show. Too. The Carol Burnett. And then. Okay. There's this channel. There are, there are a couple of channels that I watch. Antenna TV is one of them. Me TV is another one. And ret- retro something. And these are all like uh-huh. retro television channels. So you. um, That's how I watch things like Hogan Family, which I watch all the time. Mama's Family, which I watch all the time, et cetera. Carol Burnett. And um, they do these little bumpers between commercials where they have old TV stars like Mama for Mama's Family will do one. And, you know, occasionally they just bring them on and just kind of like a bumper to, hey, watch me TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the other day I was watching one, I was watching and there was a new one that I had never seen before pop up and it was Tim Conway. Mm. Wow. And it wasn't that long ago that he did it. And it was Tim Conway and it was, he had his character, I don't know if I ever knew his name, the butcher guy, the one that moved really slow from Carol Burnett, like he took 150 years to do anything. And <laughs> like that, that's what people would get ticked off about is that he was doing everything really really slowly and he had this like crazy like white einstein hair anyway so he had he was dressed up as this character like walking around in the background but you could tell that he had done it the same time he did this and i was just like oh that's so funny you know that i haven't seen tim conway in years and now they've brought him back out to do this thing and that's very cool and that was just earlier this week Oh, wow. That's crazy. I had no idea that he was so ill. I didn't have a clue until I read yesterday that his daughter said he had dementia and he was totally unresponsive. And Mm. I was like, oh, my God. Because it was probably Friday Mm. that I saw the thing. And I was like, oh. And and the the weird thing is, is when I saw him do that bumper, I thought, oh, good for him. You know, I'm glad he's still... I'm glad he's still around. And then, like, a couple days later, right. I, I find this out. And that was really very sad. You, you know, you know, though, like, I don't know if uh, anybody has any, um, knows anybody with dementia, but it, it happens very quickly. Like, the decline could happen, like, very rapidly. So I could see something like that making sense. Totally. Like, they'll be fine one week, and then, like, in a matter of two, three weeks, completely unresponsive. I've seen it happen twice. It's it's probably one of the saddest things to, uh, to have to go through, too, you know? It's sad this guy's going through this. Uh, it's sad for him and everyone around him. Yeah. Well, how old is he, too? He was born in what? Uh, I think I just read 33. Uh, he's 84. And not to freak you out, but this is our 84th episode. Oh, wow. Ooh. Wow. Uh, all of our prayers go out to you, man. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, not to leave you on a sad note. So let's talk about something fun uh, and exciting, which is our next show. It's called The Unnatural. Al's pride is on the line when his softball team threatens to bench him 
right before the league championship. I remember this one. I just recently watched this one. And it's it's going to be tough to come up with things to talk about, I think. It's not that kind of episode. Uh, but hopefully we can get more than an hour out of that. So <laughs> let's see. What we Something can... tells me we won't have a problem. <laughs> 